I'm Kyle Barton, and on this 353rd episode of the MWA podcast, Sean Wisniewski and Mark Hicks and myself visit with Austin Waldo, the managing director of the Austin School of Furniture and Design and the creator, producer, coordinator, or grand poobah of the upcoming (laughs) third annual Texas Woodworking Festival. So welcome back to the show, Austin. Well, thank you so much. I, I hope hopefully no one has a problem with that that annual part of the uh, Texas Woodworking <laughs> Festival as we kind of skipped a year, but we're oh no excited to be here. Yeah, <laughs> I, as far as I I know, most of the world skipped a year, so it doesn't count. <laughs> exactly. If, if the, you get them all if again. the yeah, if the uh, the Olympics don't happen, it doesn't matter. It's okay. If, you know, <laughs> yeah. everybody else, you're just part of the whole thing. Carry all on. right. We'll take a pass on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Well, before we talk uh, to Austin about more things upcoming in the uh, in this year's Texas Woodworking Festival, let's uh, hit the woodworking news. So um, first up, and this came out uh, as we record, I think yesterday, is uh, Lost Art Press has finally published the Make a Chair from a Tree book. It's the third edition, and it's the one that uh, they were working with Jenny Alexander um, when she pa- unfortunately passed away, but uh, everyone rallied and uh, they finally got this book to market. I know it's been a uh, it's been a process for them to get this book to market, but I'm very excited that it's here. I've ordered my copy, and uh, you can go ahead and order a copy right now um, through July 22nd. If you order a copy, you also get the uh, PDF. The book's not going to ship for probably another few weeks, but you automatically get that PDF as soon as you uh, order it. So if you're uh, dying to uh, to check it out, you can um, go ahead and start on the PDF and uh, finish up the book when it arrives in a couple of weeks. There you go. I knew that that title rung a bell. I knew mm-hmm. I I didn't track the uh, production of it. I'm glad it's finally out. I, yeah, I, think it's been I mean, around for a couple of years. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's a book that started all the green woodworking back in the day. I think the first edition was published in 70, late 70, 78, it says here. So. Wow. I think he's been working on uh, getting this republished since since I started my business. Yeah, I want to say. Like his very first mm-hmm. Instagram post was sitting in an airplane with a copy of that contract in his lap mm-hmm. <laughs> or the second Instagram post or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, is that what I think it is? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's hard. It's hard to find those old copies. Yeah. I tried to find one and just uh, couldn't find one at a decent price. I did buy the, um, the video that that's a very interesting video. I got a couple of great ideas from it. So um, it'll be interesting to uh, see the book because apparently a lot of the uh, techniques and uh, things have been streamlined and changed a bit, so should be should make for a good read. So next up, um, the Wood Whispers Sander Deathman. He didn't call it that. I'm calling it that. <laughs> that was uh, his long-awaited review of the Festool Sander versus the Mercus Sander, and uh, I find it kind of interesting. So um, that's out there on his um, YouTube channel. And um, also at his site, uh, woodwhisper.com. So uh, check that out. I found that very interesting. I don't know if y'all have had a chance to look at it yet. I have not. I'm, I'm wondering, is he currently sponsored by either Merca or Festool? Nope. 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 He's okay. not He's not sponsored by Festool. He hadn't been sponsored by Festool. In, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a long while. time. And, yeah, he went out and he bought this Merca. So. Okay. Is yeah. there a, a conclusion to that video or, or just a really good informational here's well, the two products? Yeah, there's there's a lot of good information. I think it all boils down to is they're fairly equal. Um, 
the Merca, if you come from that background, I know they're big and, you know, automotive sand. And if you like the fit and function of that tool, it's just as good as the Festool and uh, vice versa. But I think the Festool did have some teething pains because I think uh, they had to do a recall on their sanders because of some sort of switch that one can write. In oh. <clears throat> but I think that's fixed in all the new ones. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen some people said, hey, the customer service wasn't great on this because, you know, they'd ship the sander off and it'd be a it would be a few weeks, like four to six before they got it back. So they're kind of without a sander until it comes back, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I think there were some they definitely uh, did not impress a lot of people with their customer service on that. Um, but I think are they, are they both battery powered? Yeah. Well, they're no, they're both uh, plug ins. Brushless plug-ins. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel you like know, I have one of those, but maybe not. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. I have a couple of Festool sanders, but this is their new low-profile. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. more like a pneumatic style. That's mm-hmm. what the Merca one was. Yeah. So it's, it, you, it's, the, the switch is under your palm when you're holding it. Yeah. And it's, so it's that style. I, I've liked the Merca since that first one. That came out, hell, geez, it had to be five plus years ago yeah yeah it's been and i was seeing that flying around and i was really intrigued by it and never actually held one in my hand but um mm-hmm. i don't know i mean they're, they're supposed to be good because i don't know is it just the usability or is it the power you know or yeah you know, I, I think yeah. they're i think they're this you know from what from what i gathered and from uh you know what mark presented is they're really close it's just whether you like the ergonomics one versus the other. He tended to lean, I think, towards the Festool because that's what he had been using. And the Merca with that little paddle switch on the back of it, he's used to flipping a sander upside down to change uh, a sanding disc. So if you do that, <laughs> you hit that paddle mm-hmm. and the sander comes on. So you No, know. you unplug your tool if you're ever working on it. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true. That, I'm sure that's Merca's response. Yeah. Like we always yes. do. Yep. Always want to change in blades on my saws. and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I didn't change a jigsaw blade just yesterday. Yeah. No. Plugged in. Yeah, I don't terrible. know. Yeah, I, I try to be very vigilant about that, but I don't know, you know, I'll catch myself every every once in a while, which probably means a month, change yeah. my table saw blade and go, oh, yeah, this is still plugged in uh-huh. and on. Yeah. I mean, big stuff, I get it. And it's something as innocuous as sandpaper, I don't know that you're always going to be that careful, but definitely a problem. Yeah, if the switch is on top and you flip it over to push down on that hook, mm-hmm. and, you know, hook and loop you know, attachment, zzzt, you know, that's that is something to think about. But yeah. they probably have all, all you know, a write up on how to do it properly and hold it and or just unplug it. Yeah. We had a whole fleet of those sanders, the air powered ones, mm-hmm. uh, in the furniture company and uh it it well, I guess if you're used to flipping it over it would be a switch, but I it didn't take me any time at all to kind of, you know, get yeah. used to that. You just you just hold it vertically in your hand and mm-hmm. peel the two apart and then stick the next one on. And we, right. we used a lot of adhesive paper. So you learn to press on the ring at the bottom instead of the top of the sander mm-hmm. to keep the switch from going off. But yeah, it's, um, I suppose it would be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, you know, if you're used to working with those, those, um, pneumatic sanders, I'm sure this electrified yeah. Merco would be, would fit right in. Yeah. So, um, next up is, um, Woodpeckers, believe it or not, has a new tool out. Can you believe no it? It's been like a week or two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this one's 
this is this is one that is a great idea, but I got a few problems with it. And but it is the <laughs> exact ninety miter gauge, which is exactly what it sounds. It's a miter gauge that's locked at exact ninety, so you get a square cut no matter what. Uh, Assuming. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess there's a setup thing. Yeah, and yeah. It, once you get it set up, it's locked and it's there forever. I do like hmm. the fence extends out along what it was. Uh, uh, let me read here. Um, but I think it was somewhere up to... 25 and a half inch miter bar. Yeah, well, yeah, but then it extends oh, out. Fence with extension, sacrificial, flip stop. I want to say it's like 45 inches, yeah. Go out That's huge. 45 inches is huge. Um, the top half of a cabinet. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And is it is it graduated the whole way? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, it's kind of nice, but you know, it's still um at you know their introductory price is two seventy, and yeah. it's three hundred. You know, after the introductory, you're pretty close to that Incra five thousand um, when you get up yeah. to there. And then on the other hand, you know, when I make ninety degree cross cuts on my table saw, I just put my sled on and go. Yeah, Mark might have hit it though cabinets you know, yeah if you, yeah, if you I mean, are you have a cut station that does nothing but cut rectangles mm-hmm. yeah, and you can just set it and rip a whole yeah. set of them boom 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 guaranteed that's a production tool it's not yeah a and, and this may be geared for more of the production folks and the hobbyist folks too but yeah but yeah i do you know i have one of those incra uh miter gauges i forgot what it was it's not the big fancy it's the junior fancy one but um <laughs> Yeah, it's always at 90 degrees when you need it, but I just don't. My miter gauge that often, and, you know, I use a sled, and, uh, you know, then if I do have to make some sort of uh, actual miter cut, that's when I bring it out, but, yeah. I mean, I always check mine for square anyway, so, yeah. you know, I have zero trust <laughs> when it comes to that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so does this thing have adjustability at first, where you could you could even buy two of these, and you have your 90 degree and your 45 degree? Not that much adjustability. No. It's like no. a half a degree or a degree of uh, to dial it in exactly to 90 for your miter slot. Mm, right? Okay. So if your trunnions aren't quite square or, well, I guess that would that would affect the cut performance as well, but or not. Yeah, you, it, it's like, yeah, you, you it has a thing on the handle, to, uh, flats on the handle, too. It says uh, to let you lock the head securely once dialed in. So you dial this thing into the fractions of a, of a degree that it might be different until it's a perfect 90 and you you actually it looks like you use the handle to lock it in place so, yeah there's like an allen key that adjusts it and the, yeah you know. it's almost like you the, the 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 throat or the the plate that slides in the the miter slot is the tune mm-hmm. you know yes. that, that that thing sways one way or the other to make sure it's running straight through the the table and uh and then you're just you're done so yeah nothing no no 45 unless i mean it is aluminum you could probably hack it <laughs> but then you take all the precision, you know, out of yeah. all the the woodpeckerism. Well, you could you could make your own fancy. Oh sure, exact yeah, I mean, forty. Honestly, you know a, that's coming a, out next is the exact forty-five. Yeah, yeah, and the but exact it's, it's twenty-two a, and a half. Exactly. It's a T-slot. Yeah. You could you could adapt something on top of the the, the front of it and make it a forty-five. You know, yeah. using its base as ninety. That's that's like the start yeah. of anything. You know, make a wedge to fit in there. Yeah, right. Yeah, you could exactly do that. I did that last week on my um, shooting board. So anyway, <laughs> so uh, 
vehicles. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It is. It is. I think. Uh, I think Sean, you hit it right. This would be great in a production environment. You're just doing this all day long at 90 degrees. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I just. I feel like somebody's probably already got a sled for that. You yeah. Know, they just built a sled, or. But who knows? You know, maybe I mean, that's, a little that, smaller. That's, yeah, that's the go-to first thing that you. If you're going to build a jig for your table saw, it's going to be a sled that rides in both of the rails, and you cut right to the blade because your blade's already set up. Mm-hmm. And now you, you have a fence on there that hopefully is holding it at 90. And yeah, maybe. But I mean, that's the thing. I, I to to this point, I don't. Admittedly, I don't use a table saw often, but uh, I've never used a miter sled. You know, if I'm doing a 90 degree cut, I'm probably not doing a cross cut on the table saw unless it's too big for mm-hmm. a miter saw yeah um, yeah i've got a you know you know 12 inch sliding miter saw i can get a pretty wide board in there so it all depends on what you're using it for again i couldn't make a cabinet cabinet you know is definitely a big piece on the on the, right. on the table but i've always trusted the fence when i can mm-hmm. set the fence enough i just slide it and have it cut on the outside it, the operation of cutting where the waste piece is between the blade and the and the well in this case you, if you've got it set right you don't need the fence but yeah, I just I kind of shy away from that and try to cut on one side so that the waste is falling away and the fence I'm you know is right. is well on the side. Yeah, well even you know even with this you're limited in capacity between you know the uh, the miter gauge fence and the start of the saw blade depending on your saw that varies. But yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, but it's yeah. usually yeah. not more than ten inches tops. Yeah, even on so, the big tabled one. So if this you're, is yeah. for face frame parts for mm. cabinets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What would be nice, if nothing else, is if it, you could flip it around, and maybe you can slide the fence one way or the other. Yeah, you can. Because yeah. left or right side of the blade, because your table's got more on one side than the other, depending on what you're doing. You know, that's where it's useful. But yeah, most saws, if you're if you're as seeing as I see it, where the, there's less room on the left of the blade going through it's common you know i think it's a common right. table saw you know yeah. yeah you're not gonna be hanging a board off the edge of the saw trying to cut it square you know only being on a foot of the table well he's talking about the distance between the tip the front of the blade and the fence oh right right, yeah, right. Yeah. because you can yeah. only pull it back so far before it falls out of the table oh yeah that's true the, the mm-hmm. t-slot so. it is it's, i mean it's for cross-cutting mainly right mm-hmm. i mean it's right. not and and yeah, cross-cutting plywood you know would, yeah you're limited you're limited sides of there. cabinets yeah right that's like when you couldn't do a base cabinet with it you'd have to use it just for the tops mm-hmm. right so, yeah so, you know solid cabinets yeah bookcases yeah i think that's why you see some folks that build these huge cross-cut sleds so that they get the maximum uh, room in front of the blade to cut wider panels and uh yeah those things but you know they end up you know weighing 100 pounds <laughs> At least they look like it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta like tip tip it up like a like a some sort of wing right. onto the table. Exactly. Slide it. You're, yeah, you're standing. You're you you have to turn on the saw and then apply the the thing to the saw. Yeah. Because I, you can't possibly reach the power when you have it you know attached kind you of. You just thing. just crawl under there and turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Done that before. That's safe. Yeah. Well, you're under the blade. You're you're good. Anyway, but. Um, Anyway, if you're doing production environment uh, and you want one of these, check out woodpecker, woodpeckers.com, uh, or I think it's actually woodpeck.com, and uh, you can check it out there. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, some woodpeckers kind of hit and miss sometimes. Uh, I, I admire their, uh, I, I guess, uh, their 
innovativeness. Um, just sometimes it doesn't strike me, but they probably have better marketing research than I do, and uh, there's probably a market out there for this. I think the research says yeah. that if there's a new tool, people will try to buy it. That could be it, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially if it's branded and it's all one color. And, yes. Um, you know, that's what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. And you may be right on that, so... Anyway, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of uh, interesting that this is something that it's not a one-time tool. It's a, you know, long-term standard. Yeah. Mm. So with that, um, Sean, do we have a Patreon shout-out for this episode? We sure do. A big thanks, as always, to our patron supporters. Today we're going to give a big shout-out to Nick Carruthers. You know, he's uh, he's out there helping us out on Patreon. If you would like to support us, uh, that is, we are the MWA Podcast, go to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. Fantastic. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I think, what is he, the Grain Doctor, I believe, on the uh, YouTube and Instagram, if memory serves me right. That's so distinctly possible. Yeah, Don't so care. thanks, Nick. And um, anyway, I also want to give a big uh, thanks to all of our Patreons. We uh, uh, did a post out there about upcoming guests, so and a bunch of people responded, and I want to thank them for responding, and uh, we got those folks lined up, or getting them lined up as we... Heck yeah, that, that's really cool to see. Yeah. I love love hearing from listeners and what they want to want to see or hear, mm-hmm. really, um, and that helps us out because scheduling can kind of be a bear at times. You know, it's it's hard to always think of these things, but we have a team of people, our, our enthusiastic listeners helping us out, who they yeah. want to hear from, absolutely. Exactly. Get on there and add and to, to give you a little sneak peek, we have uh, Jeff Miller coming. So with that, uh, Mark, what's in the shop for you? Any guesses? <laughs> shave horses? Shave horses, yes, shave horses. Um, I made the last part today for each the of the shave horses, part. which is the, the wedges that go in the uh, to hold everything together. The And um, so tomorrow... I get to start breaking them down and doing all of the, you know, smooth this, chamfer that, mm-hmm. wrap, wrap it in bubble wrap. I I hope to have at least half of them packed by the end of the day tomorrow. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, all the parts are made. That's, so that's where the you run part. around them with an iron and a wet rag? Yeah, a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a, you know, there's this time around. So so when I'm making benches, I I leave every single surface unfinished. You know, not complete, not finish, you know, mm-hmm. like finish plain. Like mm-hmm. I, I leave it as a rough surface, quote unquote, for as long as I possibly can um, in case I need to steam a dent out or whatever. And um, but I haven't done that with the shave horses for some reason. I'm not really sure. So this time around, I left everything. You know, I, I did as little finishing work as I could um, to uh, to avoid having to deal with shop rash. And uh, so. There's going to be a little more work on the on the back end to pack them up than there normally would be, but hopefully this, you know, it's it goes pretty easily. Well, I tell you, you posted today about uh, one of the seats for the shave horse, and man, you did some beautiful work there. I did use sandpaper at the end, but yes. you know, yeah, this is it's not a Windsor chair, right, right? And it's also it's silver maple, so it doesn't. The grain doesn't behave like that white pine does, and there's no, uh, no, no. You know, when you when you scrape and then and then burnish that white pine, man, that's there's nothing like it. But I think with the silver maple, you can just sand it. I mean, I I shape it, I scrape it, I sand it. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for the compliment. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take compliments, so uh, that's right. I'm, I'm trying, right. Kyle. I'm trying. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's beautiful. Those are nice, crisp lines, and uh, yeah, yeah, and it looks comfy. Uh, yeah. that's, a, that's the most important part. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yes. A lot of time. A lot of time you got to spend in those seats. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Sean, what are you working on? I I got a, a few things going on, including a bathroom remodel. Right in time with, uh, we're hosting our son's graduation party in two days. So oh, great to combine <laughs> projects like that. I think it's the best way. Yeah. So you get porta potties brought in for the party. Sorry, what would what, you say? Are you, getting, was, are you renting porta potties for the party then? No, we're not. Uh, that was on. That was thought of, but okay. uh, no. Um, it's it's not terrible. It's a it's a click together laminate floor yeah. on top of linoleum. That's not the worst. Although mm-hmm. taking out the vanity and the toilet for that was a major pain in the butt. Yeah. Uh, and then a week later, starting on there's like a half wall, kind of like a new, uh, like a wainscot kind of wall um, that my wife wanted to do shiplap. So taking the vanity out again to do that, you know, oh, no. like I've gotten really good at taking the vanity out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like every day, just limited hours, you know, or or it's you know. The nice that the the days are long and the weather's decent because last night it was like oh my god it's nine o'clock and I haven't sat down yet mm-hmm. kind of thing and it's you know today it was okay I've cut all the trim can we paint the the, the revealed edges of the trim before I nail the, them on now I set the nails now I got to fill the holes and do all this it's just tedious as hell but but anyway it, the the bathroom looks a lot better already and okay. so that's a that's a plus it's functional and, uh, then. It's totally functional. Oh, totally yeah, functional. Okay. I only had okay. to shut the water off for about four hours hey, that's to the bad. house. Yeah. <laughs> it's one bathroom in the house, and so uh, my sons used the uh, outdoor tree toilet a few times during that. <laughs> um, but uh, otherwise, yeah, it's it's coming good. But I actually kind of funny because we were talking about power tools, and I don't use power tools a lot, but there were the bottom boards of this shiplap had to be trimmed along their length. Um, because I'm not running it vertically, I'm running it horizontally. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I wasn't about to do that by hand. It's whatever, you know, yeah. A, I'm not good. I'm not that good with a jigsaw. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to take my circular saw to it because it's a little messy for what I wanted the cut to be, but I've got my dad's old table saw and it's an old Ryobi table saw and it doesn't adjust much well. And the blade is junk in it, but I, uh, I did have to use that thing. Um, and, Power tools are just so damn messy. Mm-hmm. I really, really don't like them. I realize why I got into hand tools so much. It's just because I'm just covered in dust when I'm using these things. Because and yes, I mean it's like outside. I pulled it out of the garage to use it. It's not yeah. not not in my shop. I don't have dust collection set up for it. But um, well, I just, think that uh, Obi wasn't that in that lawsuit about uh, table saw safety. Probably. Probably. Yeah, I think it that. has it, it has like the the. The blade height and bevel adjustment is on like a pull, so you pull something out at the base of the adjustment wheel oh, to, to, to like engage one or the other, and I can't get it to actually cut perfectly perpendicular. <laughs> but it doesn't for like the total use case. I'm putting this against a floor, actually floating it a quarter inch off the floor, so I'm good. Like yeah. I don't have to. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I would never do anything good with this thing until I could figure it out. And I, well, t- I've taken that whole the mechanism apart, and I, I just don't get it. I bought a Ryobi table saw, oh gosh, 20 years ago from, oh, the, yeah. big, from the big box, and it uh-huh. had plastic mounts for the motor. 
And one of them was broken right out of the box. And oh, I, I, no. so I took I took it back. I said I'm done. Done with Ryobi tools. Yeah. I mean this is this but, um, my god, this so, thing has to be thirty ish years old, maybe a little more than that. And I mean, I know for sure my dad got he's got his Powermatic that he got in two thousand, two thousand one. So he's had that for twenty some years. I know, you know, there this thing hasn't this thing actually sat in the back of his shop for decades. Before he said, I'm cleaning up. Do you want this? <laughs> I said, sure. <laughs> so I tuck it in the corner of my garage and, and rarely ever use it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. I need to get a better blade for it and figure out how to just lock it in and, and it should be, it should be good. It's, but whatever. It worked for what it, ne- what it was needed for. Because I, as I stated, I'm really not good with a jigsaw. I don't know why. I just can't either I'm not feeding it slow enough or I'm pushing it too hard or I, just my eye line isn't right, but I I have a hardest time following a line. Well, that's what shoe mold is for. But that's and I just installed that tonight. <laughs> and I can I being a being a former finished carpenter, I I didn't use jigsaw much, but I can cope with shoe mold, and it's tight. It's beautiful, great. But uh, yeah, I mean that was that was it. I mean it was I know how to hide the the sins <laughs> when when needed. Yeah, I've, I've noticed there's a big difference between an inexpensive jigsaw and an expensive one uh, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, in, I mean, this is a your enjoyment got, of it. I've got a good Bosch one. It's yeah. just it doesn't have a clear sole. It's a you know whatever. It's one of the the higher powered ones. Um, and I'm and I've got really good blades. They're making really clean cuts. And what my chief thing was like, I was cutting out for like the water valves and things like that. And so I'm cutting like these U shapes out of the way where the pieces are coming in. And and it was just like. I'm just not good at it. I just, I'll, I'll own it. I don't, it, it's just like golf. If I don't do it more, I won't get better. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I use that tool once every two to three years. It's just not something I, I'm well versed at. Mm-hmm. Understood. Yeah, I got one of those Bosch jigsaws myself, and uh, it's been a good nine months since I pulled that thing out to use it for anything. And the most times I use it is to, I don't even use it that often for that, is to, you know, cut uh, rough lumber down. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I have it yeah. for times I need it, and yeah, and in something like that, if I just had to like cross cut something, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd half want the battery operated one for that. I could go to the big store, big box store, and just cut crap in half, ship it in my car. Mm-hmm. It would <laughs> save the save the eyes that that watch me. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but last year when I built the shed, I was getting stuff, and it's cheaper. It's always cheaper to buy twice as long mm-hmm. per you know per foot. So I'm getting 16 footers because I only need eight. But I went on the retreated boards. I, went, I was at Menards and I, I locked them in the handles of a stairwell and had my handsaw out and, and, sh- and just chopping them in half. My son got to deal with all the guys walking by looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm comfortable doing that. I can, I can cut a straight line with a handsaw. That's yeah. fine. Move along, you talk about move the stairs along, nothing in, to see here. Inside the Menards, it. like in the, like in their, uh, their covered, uh, like outdoor lumber shed. <laughs> They're big metal. Yeah, I mean it's just like the upstairs it's, section. Yeah, it's like this big like like looped stairwell handrail, mm-hmm. and I just literally slid it between the two and cut off so that I had two points of of support on it. Yeah. Nice. And just yeah, I mean it worked. It made I made short work of it because I only had to cut it you know one cut for like ten boards or something, but I, they all got in the car and I didn't have to put a red flag on the back of it or tie it down. There you go. That's creativity. That's yeah. There you go. There. Exactly. So well, Kyle, yes. uh, after um, my you know tales, what are you working on? 
Um, orders, 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 orders. Orders and orders and orders. Yes. Parts and pieces and orders. So um, I think last episode I said we were about to announce this, and we did. So um, I did announce the uh, spindle drilling guide along with uh, Pete Galbert in um bow drilling jig um you know i worked with pete on uh helping him develop the uh, bow drilling jig and with that i had the idea for my spindle drilling guide and i uh, tried to make the names opposite as possible so they're easy to tell the difference but yeah um we released those um i want to say almost a month ago um the uh the bow drilling jig is a user-made jig and uh, you can go to uh, pete galbert's website uh, petergalbert.com and uh, you can uh, get the plans there it's kind of a pay what you can type thing and you get uh, the plans and instructions and a uh, nice little video by yours truly on how to actually make the guide and uh, use it so um, you can go there and get that and uh, then like I said I did my spindle drilling guide which I've talked a lot about on the show and I want to thank everyone for the uh, overwhelming response. So yes, I got all kinds of orders and, uh, then I also got on top of that order orders for my other jig. So it kind of spurred an order for that and wiped out my inventory of stretcher jigs and, uh, boring jigs. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, it's a stressful time right now at the old, uh, Barton shop, <laughs> but, uh, we're getting it done. I'm sure Mark relates more than, uh, than most folks would, but it's just like, golly, I got all this stuff. And then with the pandemic, um, uh, the supply chain issues regarding the pandemic taking longer to, uh, to get stuff in. And I think I've talked about that before, but that continues. So I think it was as we're recording this, uh, two days ago that I finally got everything in to build the spindle drilling guides that I needed. So, um, they're rapidly coming together and, um, and I have these, what's really interesting is I have these little wooden blocks that, uh, that are part of the spindle drilling guide, kind of a, um, riser block as I would call it. And, uh, so I, these are made out of maple and of course there's a lot of ingrain. Why, why do I deal with maple and ingrain? It's, I don't know, but <laughs> I, it's one of those things. It's, you got to switch to cherry. Cherry is just so nice to, yeah, but uh, it's I was about the same price too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I want some tough for these riser blocks, but cherry would probably work just, um, maybe I should try that. But, um, anyway, so I was like, okay, I'm dealing with all this ingrain. Uh, finally dawned on me, hey, I have a new use for my, uh, number 51, um, <laughs> shooting board plane. So I was able to dust that off and, uh, put it to some good use. Uh, that was, at, that was actually pretty fun to do. Um, it wasn't quite as bad. It's still ingrain maple but hey it is what it is um and then i guess the only other thing that i think i have raised on the show before but i would invest in a good set of setup blocks just a helpful hint here especially one two three blocks and the uh graduated whether it be the little brass bars or you can get i think woodpecker sells some aluminum bars or whatever but um as my eyesight gets more challenged um, setup blocks are a godsend. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I use them for, for marking anything under two inches. If I got to mark something on a board, man, I just, uh, throw some setup blocks and boom, there you go. And mm. you know, Good it's, idea. it's a lot better than getting out my, you know, trusty bifocal safety glasses. <laughs> <laughs> 
marking them. But uh, anyway, so I was thinking about that. I go, I need to raise that up on the podcast. But uh, yeah, I think one, <clears> two, three blocks are invaluable for all kinds of the marking uh, parts or setting up machinery or making sure things are square. And a good, you know, a good set of one, two, three blocks is, you know, 20 to 30 bucks. I mean, you can buy them much more expensive than that, but for woodworking, 20 or 30 bucks and, and you're golden. So anyway, just a helpful hint from me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's essentially like, I love relative dimensioning. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather put a thing where it needs to go and mark exactly where it needs to be cut. You know, and mm-hmm. one, two, three essentially can do that for you. You, right. you set it up and done. I'm not measuring anymore. Perfect. Yeah. Or if you need to, if you need uh, two pieces and you need to line them up perfectly next to each other, just butt them both into a one, two, three block. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're exactly, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, putting your finger there. Hey, are these even? No, they are even. And so <laughs> I use it all the time for stuff like that. It, it's amazing. Once you, once you have a set of those and, and what you can do with them, uh, either alone or in combination with each other, it's, it's, it's pretty good. But with that said, so Austin, what are you working on? Yeah, basically the end of one large project and the beginning of a new one. All right. So I just finished a five-piece outdoor patio set out of bald cypress. Fantastic. Did you have fun working with that cypress? Yeah, I I didn't mind it. I had to work around a couple knots, but otherwise it was pretty clear. uh, And it was uh, pretty nice to work with. It it can be a little... Stringing? yeah, like yeah. flaky in yeah. a lot of ways, and some of the the, the cathedral grain especially. Yeah. Uh, but I had enough to work with that it wasn't too bad of a of an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've worked with cypress a little, and uh, yeah, you get used to working with it. But uh, the first couple of times, I go, boy, this stuff's kind of stringy, and you know, it's it's lightweight, um, and uh, it dents so easily. At least the stuff I yes. ha- have yes. is just yeah. And talking about running around a project as I was giving Mark a hard time about with the iron and a wet rag. <laughs> I mean, it's like after every cut, okay, I got to steam this den out. got to steam this mm-hmm. one out. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot and, of circles at the end on parts at the end of the job. Yeah. <laughs> what was interesting with, with this project in particular, uh, how it was designed incorporated a lot of screws. And so I did a lot of plugs mm-hmm. and, I had to select the scrap wood for the plugs very carefully, uh, not only aesthetically, but for the grain, because the plug cutters would just tear apart the cypress. They're just not really that sharp. Uh, They're spinning across the grain, and they would just rip the plugs up to a point where they're not really that that helpful (laughs) to plug (laughs) at all. So it's like one of those things you got to cut three plugs to get one good one. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Cut a lot more than you need. Yeah. Well, cool, cool. So um, where's this furniture set going to reside at? Is it at your place or is it for somebody? Uh, it is technically for someone. Okay. That's a, it's a very... <laughs> uh, so this is, is is part of a set of furniture plans oh, okay. that Rockler is going to sell. Oh, okay, so great. So I am taking the furniture to someone and I have no idea what they'll actually do with it. Mm-hmm. So in a way the furniture is is a prototype. It's to to double check measurements and the plans and of course to photograph along the way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I hope that it gets utilized, but I, I don't know what they're gonna do with the actual furniture. Oh interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well yeah and then that's always something um you know um you know who was it? We we've talked to both uh 
uh, Curtis and Jeff Lithkowitz, and you know they do they work a lot doing plans and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> Curtis will ship him a chair, and uh, he'll do plans and ship the plans back to Curtis, and then Curtis has to build a chair based on the mm-hmm. plans he received. You know, then they go back and forth making adjustments. So yeah, that can be a that, that can be tricky. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, there wasn't too much modification, but yeah. You know the the seat depth on one of these ended up being a, a bit uncomfortable for my wife, and so I'm I'm pretty average height. Mm-hmm. She's slightly shorter than me, and we found that it was a bit uncomfortable for her. So we ended up changing the the dimensions uh, based on the usability of of uh, vertically challenged <laughs> individuals, <laughs> and, and so making it a little bit shorter, uh, much more comfortable that way. Well, fantastic. Well, I might have to. Uh, uh, I, it was a boy. It's got to be nine months ago or something. But uh, a friend of mine's uh, father passed away, and he had built these um, Adirondack chairs that everyone uh, cherished. They wanted to give one to a neighbor that helped look after um, her father um, before he passed away. So they didn't have one because all the kids wanted wanted the the existing ones. So she asked me to build an exact copy, and I did. Out of Cypress, by the way. Um, the originals were in Redwood, but it was just too expensive to do it in Redwood, so um, we did it out of Cypress. But, yeah, I built the exact copy, and it is a comfortable Adirondack chair. But it is hard to get into and out of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm shorter than, you know, I'm like 5'9", and uh, even for me, it was a little bit hard to get into and out of, but uh, they were comfy. But uh, anyway, I, so I can I can relate how that works. works. Yeah, and this is yeah. part of the prototyping process yeah. is to make it and, uh, and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about um, the Texas Woodworking Festival. Yeah. So, Austin, you are the grand poobah, as I said earlier, of the uh, Texas Woodworking Festival. So, um, tell us about uh, tell us about what's going on. Now, I know you had to cancel it not once but twice. So, over the last, uh, I guess, year and a half, but uh, we're all set for um, Labor Day weekend, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. September fourth coming up so we can we can call maybe the the third usually annual <laughs> texas woodworking <laughs> festival sort of um, annual. This, <clears throat> sort of annual yeah this will be the third time and you know as part of the the time that you all came down in that 2019 event yeah. you know with how packed it was i think everybody realized that there was okay we have something here we need to go big next right. year so we went pretty big, and, and of course, planning for an event, and then 2020 coming along uh, threw a, a wrench into all of that. But we're kind of just carried that event on over to 2021. So if there is anybody out there listening that has tickets from 2020, those are still valid. Those will still work just fine. Uh, we're we're honoring all those, and mm-hmm. a lot of the vendors came over, but we have a whole bunch of of new ones that we're really really excited about. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, let's. Let's get into those, but uh, before we do that, let's verify the the, the date. So it's September fourth. It's a one day uh, show. What what's the times on that? Be eleven a.m. to five p.m. Okay, 
and and uh, where where's it actually going to be? So we moved the location where we're not in a tin box with uh, the thunderstorm of all thunderstorms <laughs> raining down. Yeah, on us. <laughs> yeah. We're, we'll be in a different season, so yeah. hopefully that we need some no commemorative rain. T-shirts for that. Uh, yeah. I survived <laughs> yeah. the, the, the <laughs> Texas woodworking show storm of 2019 or whatever it was. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I, I have actually thought about doing some sort of commemorative pins okay. for each year, um, especially if you came to the first one, which was technically a different name. Yes, yes. That's so. kind of the 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 veteran event. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Where, I'm a veteran then. But, wow. That's there great. you go. How how we verify that people attended that, I'm not exactly sure, but <laughs> we can go by the honor system. Yeah, well, um, yeah. Just 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 ask them a little bit about the location. Sure, sure, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, Fair Market uh, mm-hmm. is the new event venue. So it's actually an event venue, and okay. that is, a, is on East 5th Street. So just east of downtown, so plenty of hotels, lots of of parking garages, parking lots that people can park into, and, and it's a very walkable uh, location. So mm-hmm. great downtown location. It is going to be both indoor and outdoor, which will be a little bit different. So it's about 12,000 square feet inside and about 10,000 square feet outside. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is much yeah. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the prior location being at, at Splinter Group w- was great for the time, but all mm-hmm. those woodworking tools that were in there, uh, you know, we really didn't have that much square footage for the actual event. So this is about six times more square mm-hmm. footage. <laughs> yeah. Should be plenty. Yeah. And um, so um, and tickets are um, it's kind of like a uh, pay what you can. But I think your thirty dollars is suggested price. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I can even speak a little bit to, to kind of the reasoning behind that yeah. of, of those who may not be familiar with the event. The. Texas Woodworking Festival, in its simplest form, is is a fundraiser for the Austin School of Furniture. So we started it as a as a joint woodworking meetup group, and people started asking if, hey, can this lumberyard come? Hey, can this other company come? And and so then we kind of had a smaller event that ended up uh, being one in one out of this brewery that that we we rented. And so we had an event, we rebranded, we made another event. And at that point, it was, let's let's see if we can get the Texas woodworking community together. So still mm. very much focused on a, on a local community. And that went great. And so now it's this real big event that we brought everybody together, and it was a lot of fun. Okay, so we have a community event, and we have a fundraiser, and that is kind of what the Texas Woodworking Festival is all about, having a, a community that's here in Texas, but it, we invite you know, exhibitors from all over the place. Uh, you don't have to be from Texas to come, of course. But the the kind of meaning behind it is create, creating community and then helping to raise a little bit of money for the Austin School of Furniture. Mm-hmm. So in the tickets, that means we we allow you to pick how much you want to pay. There's a suggested price, which is 20, uh, or at least that's the minimum mm-hmm. uh, what the cost of the ticket is. But if you have the ability to pay. Five dollars more, ten dollars more, however much more you'd like to pay, that that goes directly to the the school and helps uh, us keep training furniture makers. Fantastic, yeah. And I have a couple of buddies that are actually flying in from out of state, from the East Coast, actually. A couple of folks that I know of. So um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a fun time. So yeah, yeah. There's there's new people coming. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a much 
different feeling of a venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have a lot more room to, to breathe, and, and hopefully it won't be flooding. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, hopefully so. No guarantees in Texas uh, about the weather, but, uh, hey, you had, I don't know, how many hundreds of people, probably somewhere around the 700, 800 folks that came in a thunderstorm last time. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I was quite surprised that that many people came with yeah. that type of weather. Yeah, it was about 709. Wow. Yeah, that, that's just incredible. Now, um, about the Texas Woodworking Festival, so what's going to be a little different um, this year from uh, past years is you're actually going to have some uh, presentations during the uh, during the festival. So tell us a little bit about, about who's doing that. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to try. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a main stage set up, and we're, we're working on the kind of AV component of that. But the presentations that we have set up currently, we're going to have four throughout the day. And so there'll be a schedule, and we'll make announcements. And all of those people also have tables at the event, so you, of course, can talk to them uh, in between the different sessions. Mm-hmm. But the first is Trent Pressler, so of, of Pressler Woodshop. The, he does the, the amazing, amazing canoes. Yes, and yes. And then most recently has put out a book. Yeah. And he'll be doing a, a small reading of the book and a Q&A. And then, of course, throughout the day, we'll be talking about woodworking and signing the book as well. Yeah. And if you all don't know, he was actually on uh, CBS this morning, uh, the Sunday morning show on um, this past Father's Day, talking about the book. Because I think that really? the book relates a lot to um, his relationship with his father and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a kind of interesting little interview. And um, if you go online, YouTube, you can see it because it was early Sunday morning. I don't get up that early on Sunday mornings, but I was able to go to <laughs> YouTube. It's, you know, it's like five, six minutes, something like that. But yeah, so if um, when you hear this, go out there because I don't know how much how long CBS uh, keeps that stuff up. But it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And then after him will be Frank Straza, of course, showing us some amazing dovetail techniques. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and he's going to have a booth there again this this time, and uh, you can pretty much hang out all day at Frank's booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was one of the the time he was there was actually a complaint that we got was that there were too many people around Frank's table and that they didn't get a chance to see him cut dovetails. <laughs> like, okay, I I. I will accept that. That that is a good complaint. So yeah. let's put him on the stage where everybody can see him. Exactly. And yeah. Show us some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. He is an entertainer at those shows. I tell you, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. And it was so funny. The both for that event and then the Lee Nelson event. He it not because he's procrastinating in any way, but it always seems like he's the last person to pack up his stuff <laughs> because. There's just, okay, now the attendees are gone. All the exhibitors are coming to his table. Like, hey, I saw you making those dovetails. Can you show me your your technique on this and that? And before you know it, everybody's sitting down at the uh, donkey cutting some marquetry or some dovetails. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, he's... he's, uh... I don't know how you would describe it. Maybe a, a, a low-key Texas version of Roy Underhill. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just got to get him. I mean, I guess they do both wear hats from time to time. They yes. have that same style. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, and I, I think they both just relish uh, showing folks, and especially new folks, to woodworking. You know how to do these things, and especially uh, the hand tool match is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't met Roy Underhill, but but Frank is just a, a great guy as well, which which makes things better. Yeah, yeah. Roy's a little bit, like I said, he's our low key Texas, and Roy's a little bit more uh, boisterous. Flamboyant, I would say. <laughs> Two good words, boisterous and flamboyant. flamboyant. Yes, yes. That's, yes. Yeah. He has a he has a certain delivery that makes people listen to him. Yes, yes, okay. and and you always want to look engaged. And if uh, he asks for volunteers, never volunteer for Roy. Yes. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Yes, yes, yes. Just don't just don't volunteer. Yeah, no. But anyway, so who else do we have? Uh, yeah, yeah. We have Shaper coming okay. all the way from California, and they're going to be showing off the Shaper origin. So they'll just do a kind of a quick demonstration of, of the Shaper origin and some of the, the cool things you can do with it. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to be really interesting to see what they what they do. And I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people, they've seen tons of videos of the Shaper, mm-hmm. but this will be a great way to get up close and personal. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to do that, too, because, yeah, it looks like a fascinating tool. And um, I'm always curious about this. Uh, looks like this um, sheet of dominoes they have out in front of it. So. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I know yeah. that has to do some with, with positioning and making sure it knows where it is on a particular board. But, uh, yeah, I've, I, that would be interesting to know because, yeah, I've looked at that a couple of times and going, yeah, I could use that for this and this. And it is a brilliant machine. Yeah. I mean, it's just really smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then last but possibly least, uh, Philip Morley. <laughs> Philip, <laughs> Philip who? Just who? kidding. Did you say it was Morley? Morley, is that the right word? <laughs> Philip Morley? Is he a woodworker? Have I heard he, of him? He's <laughs> dabbled. He only does epoxy river tables. Oh, okay. oh yes, that's right. The river table guy. Yeah, now I know. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode, but... <laughs> Phil is going to be doing a really fun demonstration about the elephants and how to utilize that. All right. Fantastic. The El Tomato. Is it yeah. the El Tomato okay. fence? Yeah. El Tomato. All right. Fantastic. Do you know if uh, Ben's coming down? Because I think last time he made like the decision the night before and drove all the way down. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if Ben is coming, but okay. I know that Ramon is coming. So the other part of the podcast will be here. Oh, okay. Well, fantastic. Yeah, we had Ramon on a few months ago, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be able to talk to them while we're there. So that that will be great. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Because last time we talked to F- Philip and uh, and Ben, but yeah, it'd be great to talk to uh, Ramon. I don't think I have met ever met Ramon in person. I don't think so. I think I would probably remember <laughs> if I did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this will be my first time meeting him mm-hmm. as well in person because we had him teach an online class, but yeah. we, we haven't been able to do anything in person quite yet. Well, that's great. That's fantastic. So um, so talking about that, that um, who, you know, he's going to be there, and you said all these presenters are also going to have a table. So who are some of the other exhibitors that uh, are going to be there? Yeah, there is about 42 wow. exhibitors. Wow. Wow. Uh, we we are sold out on the tables and booths, which is great. Mm-hmm. And a few of them have two booths, so the larger setups, and, and some have some of the smaller table spaces. Mm-hmm. But, you know, anything from a, a large machine company like Felder to some small 
individual woodworking shops that may make uh, things out of wood, may make products for woodworkers, uh, lumber, of course, and, and then there's lots of folks related to tools. So a little bit of everything, but, you know, we have some standout ones with lots of lumber yards, then mm -hmm. some furniture makers. We have a gentleman that makes some really interesting wooden speaker cases and speaker setups and things of that nature mm -hmm. uh, that he's going to be showing off. Oh, cool. Of course, some of the hand tool, tool, tool folks, both uh, old, like Dowd's tools and new uh, some of the hand tools that Leslie Webb sells at Heartwood yeah. Tools, she'll be there. And, of course, Lee Nelson will also be there. And then some of the machines. There's uh, Shaper, as I mentioned, Panther Router, uh, Texas Toolcraft, which which sells Saw Stop and Festool, mm -hmm. uh, and all kinds of folks that will be there. So yeah. uh, a little and, bit of everything. Yeah, and there's going to be some guy that makes benches, I think. Oh, Plate little, 11? Just a little boutique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and teaches yeah. Some, teaches, I'm going to be there uh, promoting uh, the workbench classes, the at-home work, remote workbench classes. But And also maybe meeting some people who, you know, if we can get a, a class down in, in Austin at some point. For sure. Uh, who might be interested in doing that. So. Oh, yeah, and I recruited uh, Hamilton Tools, too. I, did he uh, get his booth all signed up? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. fantastic. So, it's great to down. see him. Yeah, yeah. And I, he sells tools through um, Heartwood Tools too. So nice. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. I, I see him right there on the exhibitor and vendor um, site there. Fantastic. Our page, should I say? Now, okay. um, yeah. Now, us, the MWA podcast, we'll have a little area, and uh, we're going to be. I don't know if recording, uh, broadcasting live is the right thing, but we will be recording live. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, some goings on. So we'll have to have a bunch of these folks that have booths and uh, some attendees come by. So if you uh, are a fan of uh, the show and you're there, please stop by our area and say hi. And um, if, uh, if you can't get into that area because we're recording at the particular time, then stop by uh, Plate 11 Woodworking's booth and say hi to Mark. And uh, you know, I'll probably be there too. I think breaks. Austin's got us like right across the aisle from each other. So yeah, I think so too. Um, so yeah, you should be able to see one from the other. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah I haven't no... seen the final setup yet, but yeah, yeah. I think we were right around the corner, or like you said, right across from other last I saw. That's going to be great. Um, so yeah, and there's going to be uh, so many folks there. Uh, Dow Tools. I mean, that is the premier. Uh, antique tool vendor in Texas, and I still don't know how he gets all of the at such reasonable price. You know, hey, so Mark, uh, be prepared to bring your, you know, yeah, I'm credit looking card forward with to you. picking through Dowd's stuff. I, <laughs> I've, I keep seeing all the cool stuff that Jason brings home from these things, and I think, well, I'm about to have to dig through his stuff before the show starts. Yeah, because you can't find any good tools in Texas. I think because he there has aren't them any in Missouri. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it should be should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, new new folks and returning folks uh, both will will be there. And uh, in terms of the attendees festivities, it's going to be a lot of fun as well. The the outdoor space allows for us to have, uh, I guess you could call it kind of a beer garden setup. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a a bar inside with with lots of different types of drinks, and then a, some great seating outside. And then we'll have two most likely two food trucks and a dessert cart will be out in the beer garden Ooh, wow nice very nice. nice that that is nice yes 
I remember last time you had the food truck or one or two food trucks and they were great. It's just that you had to dodge hell to get <laughs> you to, to cross the river. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't I, predict the weather. That's always going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, it, but it was great. So you're also having a, a raffle there too, correct? Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a raffle event and some great prizes that include um, one that's really interesting this year is a watch. Uh, this is from, I believe it's pronounced Jord. So it's a, a walnut and gunmetal watch. And what what was really interesting about uh, this and speaking with them is they didn't tell me about this, but when they sent it, they sent a custom wooden box that says Texas Woodworking Festival on it. So oh. you get a custom box to display this really cool wooden watch cool so that'll be one of the yeah. um and the winner is austin waldo <laughs> hey. uh, oh well yeah. yeah i have had it sitting in my my bedroom for a year but um, i haven't opened it i haven't haven't stolen the watch i promise what are the cost uh, for the tickets for the raffle so you get one included with your ticket and then we will have some extras available the the school's booth is going to be kind of the school's booth and then the store we'll have t-shirts and things like that and so we'll sell additional raffle tickets there probably for you know only a couple bucks uh, but you get one uh, with your ticket included Excellent. so everybody gets a chance just for attending yep yep yeah and we we try to give you a little bit of of um stuff with the ticket Uh, we don't want people to feel like we're just taking taking money but yeah you get a raffle ticket you get a drink token uh, and you get some uh, cool swag as well as if you're uh, one of the first 250 people at the event yeah oh yeah you got to be one of the first 250 (laughs) so so you also have uh, hardwood tools it's also giving away some stuff yeah, 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 and, and there's as, a part funny, of the, as part of the raffle, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a funny story with this. That I'll tell you afterwards, but uh, so you you get a choice of a H and T Gordon spoke shave, mm-hmm. or an H and T Gordon smoothing plane, or a flow rip dovetail saw. <laughs> and the the story is originally when I had spoken with Leslie, the the oars were left out. And I, I was like, wow, <laughs> Leslie, that is just too generous. <laughs> you are setting somebody up with some amazing hand tools. Like, oh, that's amazing. And, but you get to pick one of those. Okay. So <laughs> Your choice of the following. That's yes. Still, any one of them would be great. All of them would be really great, but <laughs> like, yeah. I'd settle for one. That'd, yeah, that'd be yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, I, and it's also great just to be able to pick because, you know, all these yeah. are great tools, but you know, if you have a spoke shave, you have a spoke shave, mm-hmm. and so you may not have a smoothing plane or a dovetail saw. So it's great to be able to pick for what you might actually need. Well, you can never have too many spoke shaves. I was just going to mention that you have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got five or six of them. That's that's probably close to enough. But yeah, that's normal. That's no, no, normal. that's just a starter. <laughs> I certainly right take there. another one if I yeah. had to. Yeah. <laughs> So, so um, oh, um, and then who else do you have? You, you got some some slabs? Yeah, yeah. Chris Burns from Harvest Lumber Company is going to be uh-huh. donating a slab, and okay. that's very much a uh, you know what what trees have they received in the in the month prior? So we don't know exactly what that'll be, but uh, he's he usually prioritizes a really really nice slab for us. Uh, I think the. 2019, it was a really gorgeous walnut slab. Ooh, nice. Yeah. 
So okay. that'll be up for grabs. And then a Rubio Monocote starter kit. So that includes a little bit of, of merchandise, then a whole bunch of samples and information about Rubio and how to use it, and then all the different colors and mixers. And, and so it's a great way to learn more about the product if you're if you're looking to get into it. Yeah, I'm interested about that. I'm going to stop by their booth definitely because I'm familiar with Osmo, but I really haven't uh, delved into Rubio very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a great one. And then a tool from Texas Toolcraft. So uh, Kevin deals in Festool and Sawstop. Okay. And he had originally uh, donated a sander, but the as we know, the supply chain with tools has been crazy, and Festool is very, very far behind. So he's trying to get several different tools in stock, and mm. based on which ones he can actually get in time, uh, that'll be the tool that he will donate. Okay, so it's definitely a domino then. <laughs> we'll just say it's a mystery fest tool. That wouldn't be bad. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, well, that is fantastic. So so I'd like to throw something in. Uh-oh. I'd like to throw in a uh, a set of mocks and jaws. Okay. Nice. I need to get some photos for you. Well, I'll just, yeah, get some photos to you and, and put them in there. But I've got some... I think I've got one that's uh, a maple that's uh, got the lamb's tongue on it and everything. It's a really, if not, I'll get one made now and then. Hmm. Well, that sounds great. That's yeah. very generous of you. Yeah. I just couldn't, I always forget that I have some small things that I make that aren't, you know, enormous, <laughs> enormous <laughs> things that I can give away. So, yeah, thanks for reminding me. All righty. Well, fantastic. Well, before we leave you, we cannot... Uh, talk about the uh, Texas Woodworking Festival without mentioning all the great sponsors you have. So tell us a little bit about uh, who's actually um, uh, sponsoring the uh, the show. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of events have sponsors, but, but the reason why I actually love to thank our sponsors is because it they're the ones that are actually helping us expand the event. Mm-hmm. So the logistics of the event, uh, those come a year before we ever have the event. So it's really helpful to get sponsors on board to help us plan the event and and grow it each year. So big, big thank you to our platinum sponsor, which is Woodcraft. And then we have a gold level, and that is the Texas chapter of the Urban Wood Network and Dakota Hardwoods, Panther mm-hmm. Router, Shaper, and Felder. Wow. And as well, on the silver level, uh, Heartwood Tools, ShopBot, and Osmo. So all those companies have, have really, really helped us this year to expand the event. And, and hopefully, uh, as we expand the event into next year, which we have lots of cool ideas for what we want to do, uh, we can get some more help and, and uh, have an awesome event for the Texas community again. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Those sponsorships are, are fantastic. And, uh, yeah. Um, well, one of the things that I always thought was was uh, was very interesting is you do not get to see some of these tools ever in person. You always see them online. So this is a great opportunity to not only uh, come and have a good time, but actually go to these booths and see some of these uh, boutique um, uh, makers as well as some of the uh, the more esoteric. Uh, folks like Builder and stuff and, and see some of their tools and actually lay your hands on them, Beak. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd like to yeah. make sure that we can make sawdust at the event, so exactly. you'll be able to get your hands on some stuff. 
Well, speaking of which, so the um, the Texas Woodworking Festival helps support the uh, Austin School of Furniture, and I think I accidentally earlier said furniture and design. Um, you have rebranded that, I guess, a little bit to Austin School of Furniture. But um, tell us a little bit about um, what's going on with Austin School of Furniture. I know y'all were a little bit challenged during the uh, last year and a half during the pandemic. So how how did that go, and how's it going now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, you know, if you've taken a class uh, at the old school you know that the space was quite small. And so we we tend to pack in the benches just because that was what the, the space that we had. So with everything going on, it was very difficult for us to be able to feel like we were providing a safe environment uh, with everything going on and not really knowing what was going on. And so we, we paused in-person classes all the way back in April. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're really just trying to figure out what to do at that point. So we were lucky enough that we'd, we'd actually been doing online classes for a couple years with our SketchUp class. So we, we leaned more into that, offered more classes, and we built a, another website that is our uh, essentially like our video platform, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the Austin School of Furniture dot online. So we filmed our own project classes, provided measured drawings and schematics, as well as written instructions, things like that, Mm -hmm. where you can purchase a project and get everything you need to make uh, either a stool, a chair, whatever it might be, and follow along at your own pace whenever you'd like to do that. So that helped. We did t-shirt campaigns. Yeah, I was about to say, y'all were a little bit ahead of the curve on these on-demand classes just because of that. So that that's fantastic. I guess that, that kind of helped, or at least y'all had experience in that, that because I know so many schools kind of try to transition into that mm-hmm. and, you know, without at least dabbling in it for a little while, that's, that's a hard transition. Yeah. And I think yeah. we were lucky in the sense that that's, that was what my background was in. Um, we were able to do that and mm-hmm. spin it up very quickly and that's something that we'll keep doing, uh, which is great because it's kind of it's kind of residual income that helps the school out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's fantastic, and and plus, I guess Patrick can continue to uh, contribute to your uh, online curriculum. <laughs> no, that's that's very true. Yeah, yeah, he has a camera set up, and so he's going to film some classes, and uh, we yeah. are working on a class with another teacher uh, in Pennsylvania right now that um, has been. Uh, film the class and I'm editing the videos and and so it will kind of allow for us to expand the the reach of the classes and and who's teaching for us on the the online website. Fantastic. That is great. Um so um with with all the online and on demand classes that that y'all have and yeah, y'all have a big library of on demand classes. So if uh, people are interested in some of that learning, I highly encourage you to reach out and go to uh the uh, website austinschooloffurniture.com and uh, check out their on-demand classes. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, I think I haven't signed up for one of them, but um, I need to go back in there and uh, start taking that. I got busy for some reason with some <laughs> other stuff, but I know y'all have it. I think I signed up for the Kumiko class, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the online yeah. on-demand courses, it's Austin School of Furniture dot online so just oh the, okay sorry the ending is different between the two websites but you can yeah. get to either one from both of them so. okay 
Fantastic. Now, so um, t- tell us about, so now that we're kind of breathing a sigh of relief here um, and, uh, you know, experimenting with uh, going into places without masks on, uh, tell us about in-person classes. So um, are y'all looking at uh, getting those started back up? For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, with all of the online stuff, that, that essentially gave us a runway to get to the end of our lease. So we were able to ride out the rest of our lease and then give up that lease and essentially go all online while all of all of the pandemic stuff happened. And, and now getting to this point, we're ramping things back up and we are currently in a real estate search and are uh, very close towards the end of that, hopefully, where we'll be able to have a new space. And then as soon as it's ready, we will ramp back up into in-person classes. Oh, that's fantastic. How exciting. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> I, imagine <laughs> so. I imagine so. I think you're going to have quite a turnout at the uh, at the festival. Yes. Yeah, I hope so. I don't so. know how ticket sales are going to this point, but I think we're uh, all ready. ready yeah, they're, they're going well. It's, it's hard to tell, you know, since this is two years of sales. If, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and that was one thing that we learned last year was – well, we're all woodworkers and we like to procrastinate. So a lot of people <laughs> bought tickets the day of, right? Um, which I will say, don't do that this year. Buy your tickets online. You can pick how much you pay because if you buy it the day of, you won't be able to pick how much you pay. Uh, and you also have to wait in line. So I do recommend people to get that ahead of time. Yes. Well, yeah, we are woodworkers. We procrastinate. But then when the event shows up, we're there like two hours early. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. We never. We're never late for the uh, the opening <laughs> bell. <laughs> never. That's so true. That's so true. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully, I I think it should be a really big event. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, but yeah, if people can get their tickets ahead of time, you'll be able to skip the line. Hopefully, or at least have your own line where we can get people in quicker. Right. Exactly. And uh, and uh, hopefully by the time you get in there, I haven't. Me between me and Mark, we haven't bought everything that Dowd has. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I remember I last time. Uh, last time so I was I can't yeah, very many. Homes. Yeah, no, they 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 were very very good uh, last time because yeah, I did peruse what Dowd was putting out, but yeah, there were no sales before the the folks came. <laughs> At least that's what we tell everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was it was good. It was good. Never mind the good. fact that you were standing at the table yeah. with your money in your hand when they opened the door. Well, what, what was so funny is is I was with Patrick and I go, "Well, as soon as it opens, you need to run up there and buy this giant axe he had, this giant mm-hmm. carver's axe." Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And he did. Yes, he did. he did. Do you think I could carry on something like that? Oh, not a problem, not a problem. <laughs> well, with uh, with all that, so um, besides, you know, Austin School of Furniture and the Texas Woodworking Festival, so um, what what have you been up to woodworking? Yeah, yeah. So several months ago, I started working with April Wilkerson. Um, mm. If you haven't heard of her, head over to YouTube. Like, and, what do you live yeah, under? I've heard of April. <laughs> I still haven't. I still know this Philip Morley. Is that right? This Philip Morley yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, April, I know. <laughs> yeah, and so she's great. She she lives here in Texas, not yes. too far away, and was connected to her actually through Philip. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I've I've met her several times and, and know her uh, from different events and things like that. But yeah, um, I think she's been to 
she's a veteran. She needs that challenge coin because she was at the first one. At, well, we won't say where it was, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's coming back, and um, she helps out the festival every year and, mm-hmm. and uh, comes to it. And so I'm working with her to essentially design plans for Rockler. Oh, cool. Yeah. So if you go on their website, not only do they have great tools and hardware, but they also have plans for different types of woodworking projects that you can Mm -hmm. buy. And so I'm now working with April uh, for Rockler to design kind of some new sets of of furniture and and outdoor items, uh, all different types of projects all revolving around woodworking. Oh, that is fantastic. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that that is cool. Um, yeah, Rockler is really starting to uh, branch out into uh, to getting into the uh, social um, media, uh, if that's the right word for woodworking, social media. But um, anyway, they, they have. So that is fantastic that uh, you're working with uh, uh, April on getting those in there because, you know, we have a local Rockler and I go in there all the time and they do have a little area with plans. But, you know, you look at them and they do look a little bit dated. So, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it's it's fun because I, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just woodworking. It's actually a lot of design work, and mm-hmm. I get to take take uh, photos. Uh, unfortunately, the photos are of myself, um, so you'll, you'll have to deal with my ugly mug on the plans. <laughs> but uh, it's fun because I have a, a little remote control for my camera, and I have to pretend like I'm routing and, and you know take a photo and, and the, yeah. do it when actually cut the pieces off camera usually and, and things like that. Right. But then get a stage everything afterwards was kind of fun and trying to launch my dog's modeling career by posing her in the photos, things like that. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. So, so all, all of these are, are within your own home shop then. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's, um, you know, eventually when the school reopens, I'll, I will close my home shop mm-hmm. uh, as my wife has, has called dibs on it for a garage office. But, you know, it's nice because most of the Rockler clientele are probably working from a similar setup in a in a garage mm-hmm. to have a, a simple garage setup. And given that the tools are, are pretty decent in my garage and even have a little bit of a like a CNC machine in there. So it's it's on the higher end of a garage setup, but still a single car garage. And, and all those tools are, are great for beginners. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's great. That's great. So, is there anything else that uh, we failed to mention that we should have mentioned? Um, the one thing that I think is going to be very interesting and that I'd like people to know about this particular venue is is parking is going to be a bit tricky. And Ooh. by tricky, I mean it doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if so it's going to be a miracle. Yeah, yeah, and you know it. That is parking doesn't exist for the venue. So it's it's downtown Austin. There's tons of parking garages and parking lots. It's a very, very walkable area, mm-hmm. but it's not something like like Palmer Event Center where they have this giant parking garage. Um, you know, that's one of the trade offs with this particular venue. But it's it's a really, really fun area. It's very, very walkable. But I recommend you you bike, you ride share, public transit or uh, plan out your, your parking ahead of time. And, and we're going to send out a parking map that will help folks. But I just want everybody to realize that's not a super uh, car friendly location. Yes. I've heard of this thing called Uber. Does that mm-hmm. do you have that in Austin? Um, the, the U is silent, I believe. It's just burr. 
Burr. Burr. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think I don't, you know, I've never tried it, but I've heard about it. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. And, uh, yeah, I have a secret parking garage in downtown Austin that I won't tell anybody about, but, you know. Oh. If you DM me, maybe. No, I'll... your your car is full, man. <laughs> it is full. It is full. But That's the Uber of which yeah. I was speaking. I mean, the Burr. The Burr. The Burr. <laughs> it's pronounced Kyle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kaber. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping uh, to, to see or even get photos of somebody riding a Lime scooter with like a Texas woodworking festival bag and, and like a saw sticking out of it after the event. That's the sign of a successful event. If we can get one of those, I was going to mention those, but, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, they, still have the lime. they haven't totally all been trashed yet. I think there's still a few, uh, hanging around downtown. Okay. Okay. All right, boy. Uh, I remember those back a few years ago, but uh, it's been a while since I've been in Austin. It's probably been, yeah, it's been at least two years since I've been in Austin. So I didn't know if those were still a thing or not. So, but with that said, let's move on to our fortnightly beer choices. Heck yeah. So, um, I'm back to the, uh, Barton household staple, which is the Carbock Hoppadillo. Oh yeah. Uh, IPA. Um, I think, uh, Sean, you've had one of those. I do believe I have. So uh, it's a good one. It's summertime after all, although in Texas, isn't it always? Um, especially now, yes, yes. I mean, boy, it's been horrendously hot here for the past oh week or so. I mean, this is like mm. August, uh, late <clears throat> August weather we've gotten in early June. Like holy crap! But anyway, we're all acclimatized now. Bring out there the uh, <laughs> the IPAs. So uh, Sean, what are you working on? So I, uh, it, it, as I mentioned, it's summer officially. So mm-hmm. I picked up a shandy, and I don't really love shandies. It's a little too sweet for me. But a uh, 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 local to the Cleveland, Ohio area, not exactly my backyard, but in Ohio nonetheless, uh, a brewery called Market Garden mm-hmm. uh, puts out a lemon shandy, and it's it's just a it's a standard shandy. If you don't know, shandy is literally fruit juice and beer. So yeah. it's it's lemonade and beer. Yeah, and it's it good for the summertime. Mm-hmm. I'm in my basement, but it's good for the summertime. It's very sessionable. <laughs> oh, it's hugely sessionable, yeah, except for the cloying sweetness after a few. Yeah. You don't need, you know, if you're on a diet, I wouldn't suggest it. There's there's lower calorie things to have. <laughs> well, fantastic. So, Mark, how about you? I discovered a dogfish head hazy O hazy oh, IPA, yes. which has like four different kinds of oat stuff in it mm-hmm. and it is oaty uh there's like oats oat milk and you know, roasted oats and i don't know toasted oats whatever but um it's it's not bad it's um you know it's got a the oats do change the flavor a bit so uh you know everything get, gets compared to hazy little thing and i don't know if i like it better than hazy little thing but um it's definitely something i'd consider buying again Mm, I'm going to have to do a side-by-side. I am a unabashed fan of Dogfish Head. Pretty much anything they produce, yes. I, I really do enjoy. So they, they know how to do it right. So I'd, I'd be yeah. interested between the two. Take nothing away from is the Lagunitas, the Hazel yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, it's Sierra Nevada. Oh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah, yeah um, and I, you know, anytime I see a hazy IPA, that's the first thing I try. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm in a, in a little brewery or something like that, so... Um, yeah, that's kind of like the genre that I've fallen into in the last year or two. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's 
it's good. I there's some there's some dogfish that I can't drink, but um, this one is definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. Austin, are you uh, enjoying a beverage tonight? I am. Yeah, you're not the the only one that's fallen into the hazy hole. I'm <laughs> <laughs> drinking a. I live a couple blocks away from a brewery called the Saint Elmo Brewery. And they have a beer called Trinity, which is a West Coast hazy IPA. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll have to send you some money to bring me a crowler. Yeah, yeah. Or are they going to be at the bar? Um, I don't know. The Essentially, we have a caterer that's going to uh, work on getting the beers ahead of time. I doubt they can enough for the caterer. Um, they're going to be distributing cans uh, into cups, uh, something with how how it works with TABC. But I doubt St. Elmo cans. They do can, and I, I'm drinking one of their cans, but not enough to be distributed to a caterer like that. Okay. Yeah, but it will be local craft beer. So. Oh, excellent. Fantastic. Well, looking forward to it. But uh, in the meantime, where can folks find you, Austin? In Austin, Texas. Uh, yes. But if they want to learn more about the Woodworking Festival, they can head to the TexasWoodworkingFestival.com. If they want to learn more about the school, that's at AustinSchoolFurniture.com. The online on-demand courses are at AustinSchoolOfFurniture.online. And on Instagram, uh, those can be found at Texas Woodworking Festival, so at Texas Woodworking Festival, and then the school is at Austin School of Furniture on Instagram. Fantastic. Mark, what about yourself? Well, uh, my website is plate11.com. I am Mark Builds It on Instagram, and I am at plate11woodworking on YouTube. Kyle, how about uh, you? You can find me at barton.kyle on Instagram or Kyle Barton on YouTube, and I've released two videos in the last couple of weeks mark i know you need a little catch up here yeah kyle i gotta say i want you to voice over every video i ever do (laughs) no 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 i just love it i love the uh well we've got you set up for this jig it's really it's really really nice it's so smooth it's like yeah that's i love it all right well fantastic i'll i'll be happy to do that One of my friends commented on it. Uh, You know, he's not a woodworking guy. He goes, oh, you got the uh, NPR voice working there, don't you, Kyle? (laughs) My friends tell me I put them to sleep with with the uh, voiceover in my videos. So, you know, it's a little different thing. The the dulcet tones of Kyle. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So, Sean, what about yourself? I'm blushing right now, but anyway. Oh, my gosh, please. Now I'm uh I'm I, I don't have a good voiceover voice. I I'm a Sean W78 on most of the social medias. You go find me there. Uh and so once you're tired of Mark and and happy with with Kyle, don't look for me. I don't have YouTube videos, but uh maybe maybe someday if I ever find a reason for it. <laughs> Rocketry. Right. Have, have you guys Have you guys ever thought about doing maybe like a maybe for some significant episode doing a video podcast? Oh, no one wants to see us in real life. Yeah, we have, we have faces for podcasting. <laughs> the old radio face. Okay. Right. If, you us, out if you want to see oh, us in real life, then come to the Texas Woodworking Festival. Yes. 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 I have some things to say about that in the reviews section. Well, oh, there you go. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, do we have any reviews, Mark? We do. 
And uh, y- y'all have come through. We've we've collected a few new reviews, uh, both on Apple Podcasts and on Instagram. I don't know why it didn't occur to me that you could you could comment on our Instagram posts. We have an Instagram page, right? What is it? Uh, MWA Podcast at MWA Podcast. Yeah, it's MWA uh, so underscore podcast. Underscore podcast. Yes. Yeah. So if you don't want to go through the hassle of creating a username and you know going all that stuff, just comment on you know the episodes as they come out on our feed and I'll go through and pull that stuff out and you might hear your name uh, mentioned on our podcast. It's uh, this week's review comes from woodworking practice and woodworking practice actually left a review on Apple podcasts and it goes like this. I'm an ongoing basement freeloader listener to the podcast. The guilt is deep. I haven't donated to your podcast or mailed you any electric jellyfish IPA from pint house pizza brewery. I haven't made it to a woodworking festival yet. My plans have been foiled the last two years. Well, uh, Woodworking Practice, you are set on so many levels. Uh, We've got Patreon. You can donate to that right now. Like, go out there and do it now. I know you're listening. Um, So you can get rid of that guilt. Um, You can bring beer to the Texas Woodworking Festival because I will be there and Kyle will be there. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, bring us some beer and pizza. That sounds good, too. (laughs) And while you're there, you can fulfill the third uh, goal on your list, which is to get to the Texas Woodworking Festival. So we will see you in Austin. And thank you for the review. I really appreciate it. So this is a conversation. We need to hear your voice. Yes. So leave comments at Apple Podcasts. Leave comments yeah. at Instagram. Uh, we love to get them. And, or, and if you Patreon. do show up woodworking practice, guaranteed a spot on the podcast. Record there. There you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. I think I know. I, well, I think uh, Woodworking Practice left a comment on my um, Instagram page. So I have to go back and see if I can find out who that is. But or you can just you know send us a message directly. So let yes. us know. I, I think I know who it is. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> and that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.